Hey, Kim. Can you hear me okay? okay. They're, they're like jackhammering outside or something. Just a second. Hold on. Okay. So all of a sudden, right as I got on here, oh, my daughter man. was trying to FaceTime How's me. How's the... I don't know why, though. She's <laughs> just downstairs. My wife will do that. That's funny. Um, they, they started, like, jackhammering yeah. or something outside of my room. Can you hear me okay? Okay. Awesome. Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Well, hey, guys. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Um, you know, Kim and I met at a Turning Point event. Um, specifically, we were there with TPUSA Faith and... We were really just talking about how it's so important to uh, for Christians to get into culture. You know, we're, we're called by the word to be in the world, but not of it. And, you know, Kim, the reason I wanted to talk today is we had such a good conversation. But I believe that uh, maybe we're making a mess of what it means to be in the world because we get afraid if you say that you're going to so-and-so event, all of a sudden, that means you support every single thing that everyone stands for at that event. And so I, I wanted to just <laughs> give you a, a kind of a chance to share maybe what was on your heart when we were talking about that night and why it's so important for us to, to do things that might be uncomfortable, you know? Is everything you do comfortable? Yeah. Do you love every event that you go to? Like, is it hard to say yes to inquiries? And so, yeah, that's kind of where I wanted to start out. <laughs> yeah well um it's kind of a big subject and um i you know it's funny because i i feel like i'm only just starting to talk about it a little bit more because i'm usually a pretty private person you know and i'm not always putting everything out there i'm not on social media all the time but i do feel like this is a really important topic and probably something that um I mean, I feel like I do have maybe some wisdom to offer some people in this. Um, I've been in ministry for a really long time. And, you know, before social media, um, I would get people uh, handwriting letters and sending letters to me of their <laughs> their upset. One of the funniest ones was a guy one time sent me a five-page letter written in pencil and letting me wow. know how upset he was wow. that I had short hair. So, I mean, I, this kind of... That, you know, we, we, we call it cancel culture nowadays. I think, um, you know, way back in the day for me, it was just, you know, people expressing their upset over different things. But um, gosh, one of the first things that I think that is really important for us um, to remember and to keep in our minds is that the moment that we start really um, loving and wanting and needing the applause of people is a moment that we just given room for their mm. criticism to really take us out. And um, so it's, if we if we make the the voices and the opinions of other people um, an important thing in our lives, an important thing, or even, you know, if we're needing or craving that validation from other people, even just, you know, the kind pat on the back, um, that is a moment that we've already left ourselves wow. vulnerable to being taken out when the criticism comes. And so um, for me, it's things like I have got to stay really connected to the Lord and what he says about me. I've got to like hold on to that. I've got to have it written down. I got to know. I got to know where I stand with Jesus, which yep. is, you know, fear, fearing <laughs> God, fearing God above man. <laughs> And that is really the most important thing. And um, and I I'm polite when people you know give 
nice compliments or things like that. Thank you. But I'm, it's going one in one ear and out the other. I'm not holding on to that. Um, the other thing that I think is really important in, in that, all of that is remembering, um, I, I don't know, again, this is, is kind of what I, what I do with this, but, um, I don't actually believe that I can be canceled. <laughs> and I don't say that <laughs> with any kind of arrogance. I say that with um, the confidence of, I am a daughter of God. I don't belong to people. I belong to him. And my life is completely given to the Lord. I am completely surrendered. My life is his. And the path that I go down is the one that he sets for me. The doors that open for me are the ones that he opens. The doors that he closes, right. those are the ones I am not walking through. Like my life, my destiny, um, everywhere I'm going, it, it is all... It is all him. I belong to him. And so I just have this, like, if that little voice starts to creep inside of, um, oh, Kim, if you do this or you do that or you say this or you say that, what if it makes people mad? What if it upsets people? Or what if people try to cancel you? I mean, I just feel like, gosh, there's right. so many people that live in that fear, <laughs> that fear of being canceled. Um, but I just decided one day that, I just don't even want to, I don't want to give room to that fear in my life, but also I just decided that's yes. impossible. It's impossible simply because I belong to Jesus. He is the one who sets the course of my life and determines all of my days and what I'm doing with those days and everything else. And all the, you know, I, I can't take any of the like so-called success of my life. I can't take the credit for that. I just feel like that's just the Lord. You know what I mean? I feel like most of the time I'm just stumbling, doing my best to follow him. And he's just putting me where he wants me and leading me in the right way. So I would say getting yeah. into this topic, this big topic, those are some of the, you know, probably core values that I think are probably most important to hold on to um, and keep in our minds and in our hearts when we're kind of right. wading into these waters and these things and um you know i i just think the the most recent one where we met at turning point um it's kind of funny i actually didn't think that there'd be um an upset over that as much as it was and there were some people pretty upset about it but i i honestly struggled to understand the upset because i thought do you don't you think these people need okay. jesus just as much as anybody else you know like um if my job which, which I believe this with my whole heart, my job is to serve the body of Christ. This is what I feel that God has put me on the earth to do. I feel like I am called and created to serve the body of Christ and to point people to Jesus. And um, the Lord made it really clear to us throughout his word, what we are here to do, that when we are followers of Christ, we are then to bring others to Jesus and to point to him. And he also mm. said, if you love me, you'll obey me. And so I just think that that's another, in talking about the fear of God, the obedience goes hand in hand. And so if I'm obeying and I'm following and I'm serving, I'm going places, lots of different places. I have a history of um, going to lots of different churches and events, different denominations, which I actually think has been um, like a, a really special calling on my life, but also something that I've loved. I have loved, loved, loved going into places and events and um, things outside, inside, Christians, non-Christians. I, 
I have loved it. I have loved to watch and see what the Lord does wherever yeah. I am, whenever we just yield to him and make room for him. And um, I don't really, I can't really understand the logic of people upset when you are wanting to go and bring Jesus right. to other yeah. people. Don't, that doesn't actually even seem logical well, to me if you I are mean, a Christ you said a follower. Lot of stuff there. Like, <laughs> that's true. And, you know, it's funny because the Bible talks about the spirit of truth and, and how you can know people have the spirit of error, it calls it. And it's like there are people who their mind is made up that, you know, they're already upset. It doesn't matter what you say. Like, they're looking for a reason to tear down what you're doing. But you said it best, like, you if there's a part of your life that people can cancel, then that is revealing that you haven't canceled it yourself. Because you know, Paul says, like, <laughs> it's no longer yeah. I who live. And I don't know if we have a revelation of that. Like, mm -hmm. it's Christ in me who lives. It's not a cute saying. Um, Colossians 3 says, mm -hmm. Colossians 3, 4 says, when Christ, who is our life, appears, we'll also appear with him in glory. And so I mm -hmm. think, like, you know, I know this is needed because the comments, I don't know if you saw any of them, but people are like, wow, I need this. So good. So <laughs> this is like, this is blowing people's minds. Um, how did you get to that place, though? Because, and, and maybe you can share, like, have you, have you been hurt and, and that revealed, oh, my gosh, mm -hmm. like, there's a part of me that hasn't died yet. You know, mm -hmm. how, how did you walk through that? Because I think yeah. that's what we really need on here is, Let's equip some people of, hey, it is possible to not be offended. I totally agree with you. You can't cancel me. You, you, the worst mm -hmm. you can do is kill me, and I'm going to go yeah. be with the Father. Um, how do we get people yeah. to actually do that? Like, what, what's the time you were hurt and you had to walk through that and, and got this revelation? Well, you know, um, one of the, the greatest things for me um, – and by great, I mean like the greatest, like this was like monumental in my life to, to grasp and to get, um, you know, if you've been in church any amount of time, and for me, I mean, it's over 20 years, but um, you probably have had a church wound. You have probably been hurt by someone in the church. It's, I don't know why we become Christians and suddenly think that no, no Christian person is going to hurt us. Like they're all so nice. And Sometimes they can be the meanest, like, we're, let's just be honest, but it's not, it's not, um, it's, it's, we're just, we're all human and we're not perfect. We, we fail. We have church leaders that fail and let us down. Like, um, it's just, if you have any kind of expectation of perfection, it, that just needs to be dead to begin with. That's, that's, that's just, it's impossible. It's not going to happen. Um, but probably my, you know, first kind of church wounds, you know, that happened. Um, I really kind of wrestled through that with the Lord. And um, I think the hardest part for me in that wrestling was, well, gosh, Lord, I, I feel like you've called me to serve these people, but how do I serve these people if they're the ones being so mean to me? <laughs> and um, I was reminded that, um, you know, the word says that we love because he first loved us. And I realized that I am not actually truly capable in my own or on my own with my own wow. love to love people. But when I am so full of the love of God, that love is just leaking out of me. And I can't help but just 
love and have a lot of patience and a lot of grace for people, which I, I really feel that I truly do. But I feel like I can't take credit to that. I feel like it's truly just the love of God inside of me flowing out of me. And um, my one of my, my pastors at one point, he had said, you know, oftentimes we kind of imagine in our, our mind that it's like when, when we're filled up, it's you imagine a cup and you fill it up to the top, but filled up mm -hmm. is, is like, filled up overflowing there's a constant pouring in so that there's a constant overflow and so i i know that the moment that i start making people my enemy and i start disliking or being upset or whatever with people i know that i need to go and spend some time with jesus and get more of his love i know that maybe maybe i've allowed that bucket to to empty out a bit and i need to get more get filled up again and i go back and i just spend time with the lord and i say come and fill me up with your love show me how much you love me show me how much you love your people give me your heart for your people this is a prayer that i prayed early on in my walk with christ i truly asked him to give me yeah. his heart for his people and i i really believe that god did which is why i i work in the church and serve the church because i truly love the church i have been mm -hmm. wounded by people just like everyone else but i truly love the body of christ and i truly have what i feel is a lot of grace and patience for people but only because that yeah. is what christ has given me and what he has shown me and when you get so filled up with that love it actually really is easy to let it just flow out of you and just feel love and compassion towards people. And I, and I think that's the other key is you also, you get a really big shift in your perspective um, to understand right. people are not your enemy. We have an enemy. The Bible is very clear about who our enemy is, the, the principalities and powers, darkness, Satan. There's a lot of names there, but we know who our enemy is and it's not people. And um, I think that's another important yeah, I thing like to, to remember. To remind so, people like, anyway. people are not our enemies, they're oppressed by our enemy. And then all of a sudden, mm -hmm. we will have yeah. a heart for those instead of defense and considering mm -hmm. ourselves, we'll see like, oh man, you know, hurt people really do hurt people. And if we take, at being hurt, mm -hmm. then that's revealing that we're actually looking at ourselves and, and saying, well, this happened to me. And how could you do that to me? Instead of saying, whoa, you did something totally out of character. What's going on in your heart? You know, how can I pray for you? Obviously, someone yeah. who is whole, who's getting filled up by Jesus every day is not going to do something hurtful to someone else. I mean, Jesus said, love to harm to a neighbor. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I think that's so powerful. Yeah. And I wanted to touch on something else too, because you said, you're like, I don't understand why people are so upset that you would go do a, a worship night. And it's true, but it's like, <laughs> you're not going <laughs> to these events to like drink the Kool-Aid and get in there with everyone else. You know, mm. you said something that was powerful. You mm. said that God spoke and said he was sending you. Yeah. Like what, what can you say mm -hmm. to kind yeah. of embolden some people who might be called, because I'll tell you that there's spheres of my life I'm called into that I absolutely don't want to be called to. But God, you know what I mean? God <laughs> told me to go, and so I'm just like, ah, yeah. okay, you know, you're sending me, I'll go, and that comes with hate, that comes with backlash, that comes with opinions. How do mm -hmm. you, how did you overcome that? Yeah, again, you said you can't cancel you, but like, yeah. practically, how did you get there? Yes. Yeah, so um, 
specifically and and what what i shared with you was um you know that so before i i got there to turning point to that event this we're talking about this event in particular simply because this is where we met i i feel like I've had this story many times. I've lived this story many times in my life. Um, but um, there was a video that was made that was, you know, going around of, you know, somebody um, asking, you know, how could I do this? And, and they asked respectfully. It was, um, it, it was, it was respectful, but um, it definitely provoked a lot of um, anger and accusations from people and um, really honestly, very vile things were being said about me. And um, I, I'm not really one who hangs out on social media. I, I don't usually look at stuff or what people saying, but my cousin had seen it and he sent me the video and he was just like, what on earth? And um, I kind of regretted that he sent that to me and I saw it, but um, I, I did, you know, respond to that person and I had a private conversation with that person directly because I believe those are more fruitful than arguments on social media but I will say about that um after seeing that and after seeing a lot of the comments and the things that people were saying um it it was like I mean it was just some really yeah. really nasty stuff you know it wasn't just like what a jerk she is you know it was like really nasty accusations and um i went into my closet and i'm sitting in my closet and i was just crying and um i was really frustrated because i i feel like most of the time i'm pretty tough i've worked pretty hard to work through this stuff and to not let people's words get to me and i i was a little disappointed that they the boards were bothering me. Um, but I think my biggest mm. upset in that moment was with God. And I was saying to God, you know, you called me into this life. This isn't even what I wanted to do with my life. And you're the one who put me here. You opened the doors. You are the one who put me as a worship leader, like leading people to Jesus. This is not what I planned. This was your plan. And wow. look what it's costing wow. me. Look what it's doing. And I worry sometimes about, you know, my children, if, if they ever discover that social media exists, and if they ever see that, you know, things people have said, or, you know, I just, I wonder about that stuff. And it, and so in anyways, in this moment, I'm sitting, I'm crying. And a friend of mine who uh, lives in Maricopa County there in Arizona, uh, where we were for where, where I was going for this event, she texted me out of the blue. I haven't talked to her in a long time. Um, again, I'm sitting here crying right in the moment she texts me about this issue. And she says um, that she has this video of this prophetic word that was given at her church. And um, it was just a prophetic word, not yeah. about the event, having nothing to do with the event. But it was a prophetic word um, for Maricopa County. And the word was... Um, that God was mm. sending his worshipers and that worship was going to uh, bring breakthrough, um, expose things in the darkness. And that also is going to raise up worshipers there in Maricopa County, that there's a, a, a movement of worship that God wants to re release in that area. And all of a sudden, as I'm watching this video, yeah. crying even more now, but for a different reason, um, I felt the Lord speak to me and say, do you really think that you're just saying yes or no to invitations? I am sending you where I want you to go. I'm sending you where I want you to be, where I want you to release worship. And I just felt completely rocked in that moment, you know, just like, a, right. oh my, and, and convicted, you know, like, 
That's right. Like I'm not just getting random invites to random things and going, oh, sure. Yes. No. Yes. No. It's literally my life, just like what I said at the beginning of this, is given to God and he sends me. And, and I know, um, I know just from my own experience and my history with the Lord, our worship is not contained to a building, to a, a moment, to one night at this event. But the, the worship that's released, it goes far outside of those walls and affects the atmosphere and the, the cities that we're in. This is why the, the story of, um, was it? Um, Paul and Silas when they're in the prison and they start worshiping and suddenly it wasn't just that their one little cell was broken free but the whole place was set free because the worship is not contained in that moment and so it's just it's incredibly powerful and I, I think I can't lose sight of that and I think that's what we have to remember as Christians when we start to feel maybe worried or concerned about any sort of backlash or any of this stuff with cancel culture is yeah. there is a bigger picture than what we see. There is something much bigger happening, something much more important right. than someone's event. <laughs> it is the kingdom of God coming to upset and destroy the kingdom of darkness. This is the plan from the beginning. This is the bigger picture. God is keeping his mind on this. He sees the one, yeah. but his mind is on this bigger picture. And here we are stressing out about one event or someone's mad that I said yes to some event that they don't like. I just like, wow, your, your perception is unfortunately yeah. and exceptionally small. Because what God is doing is so much bigger than this event, so much bigger, so yeah. much more important than Man, any of those things. that is so good. And I, I think, like, we forget worship is not just, you know, I was a worship drummer. And, it's, and I would say this when we, before we'd go on stage. I'm like, we are not just setting the stage for a great message. We're, we're not just prepping for mm -hmm. Worship is a weapon. Right. Worship is prophetic. Things are happening. Mm -hmm. I think as Christians, it can be, mm -hmm. you know, we have this concept of faith. We'll be saved, you know, one day from all this and, and we'll be with Jesus forever. But then we forget about mm -hmm. things that are happening in the spirit. And that is why people don't pray like we should. And that is why we don't read the word like we should and, and, and worship like we should, because we don't see what's happening in the spirit. Because if we could, we never stop. And, mm -hmm. uh, and, and that's why I think it's so powerful that mm -hmm. you are being obedient to God and letting him lead you in these places that you probably in the natural would not go because it's just mm -hmm. a headache and you don't want to put up with it. But we, I, I saw an interesting comment. <laughs> I want to like, you know, put you on the spot a little bit. Nothing crazy, but someone said, well, <laughs> you wouldn't go to a Satan convention and do worship. And I actually, I, we had a kind of conversation <laughs> about this at dinner. And, and uh -huh. I think maybe your response uh -huh. is going to like blow people's minds because there are circumstances where <laughs> you would go do worship at a convention. And what is it? Uh -huh. Well, so here's the thing. Um, any invitation that comes through to me uh, for any kind of event, you know, I, I decided a long time ago, first of all, I don't enjoy the feeling of being used. So I don't like to just show up to someone's event because they just want my name to draw people or whatever it is. I don't really like kind of running through the machine. I'm not really someone who's like, 
I don't really care how big their name is. Like if it feels like it's just a marketing scheme of some sort, you know, I'm just not into that. But if they express to me, which is what these folks uh, did for the event that I was at, they said, we want um, people to truly encounter God. We don't want just a Christian performance. We want lives to be changed. We want people to have the opportunity to truly encounter Jesus. Yeah. Well, that I can do. That I am on board with. I'm not on board with a performance or some fancy concert or, you know, whatever. But I am on board with lives changing and encountering Jesus. So, yeah, I mean, there are people that go into the darkest places on earth. Why would I not go to some crazy dark event? I mean, can you imagine, I can't imagine someone like that saying, we want people to encounter Jesus and have their lives changed. That's usually not what Satanists is wanting. But the point is, yeah, that accusation did come. Well, there are certain events that you wouldn't do because you don't agree with, but that's not true. If if they're expressing what I look for when I'm going to go somewhere, which is we want lives to change. We want people to encounter God. We want people to get set free. We want Holy Spirit to show up. That's my criteria. That's what I do. I don't care what you call the event. I don't care what it is. I mean, I kind of look at it like it's a little like being a missionary, you know, like, yeah, I'll go out to the dark places and bring Jesus. Sure. That's what I'll do. That's what I'm here for. That's so good because, you know, we, uh, I went to a men's conference in Vegas that Maddie Montgomery from the altar was holding. And so many people were like, brother, you know, why are you in Vegas? This is a city of sin. And I'm like, do you hear yourself? You know, we're supposed to be the light of the world. And you're afraid of us holding a conference Uh in the darkest city. Like this is where we shine. But it just reveals the need in the body we have to equip people to one, die to themselves. Because if you're dead, the enemy can't kill you. Man can't kill you. And Mm -hmm. Philippians to ourselves, Mm -hmm. like Jesus did, consider yourself of no reputation. And the rest of the verse says Mm -hmm. that we were created Mm -hmm. to shine as lights in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. Uh, And and I was just, you know, I'm here at YWAM. I was just talking with some guys. And uh, Lauren Cunningham had shared that like 94% of uh, missionaries were in Christian countries, like Christian dominated countries, only 6%. We're in non, and so it's like, dude, it's crazy. We have to get out there because at the end of the day, you know, I might be a preacher and you might be a worship Mm -hmm. leader, but our first call is to be disciple makers Mm -hmm. and we need to go into all all the world. And so, man, I'm just, I'm I'm thankful for you and uh, I'm thankful (laughs) for your yes, unapologetic yes. And, uh, you know, what, what would be maybe the last thing that you would, would say to kind of encourage people as they're, they're taking all this in and they're, maybe they're feeling provoked on like, okay, I think I'll get out there. Yeah, you know, um, I, I think first of all, you know, in regards to like what we just said, I think some courage is, you know, we need more courage, you know. I think it starts with fear of the Lord, fear God more than anything above everything don't fear man fear god um but courage you know a lot of people may not know this about me but before i was ever on a stage leading worship 
um, I was going out with mm. teams and doing street ministry, and yeah. I encountered all sorts of, um, right. you know, Great. demonized people. I mean, when you're out at like 1 a.m. in the streets of San Francisco, bringing Jesus to people, I mean, you see some things, but you also see the power of God in such a real tangible way. And that really gives you some major courage. So I, I go into, you know, church events or anything else like, hey, I, I've seen a thing or two. I'm not just up here singing songs. I know what I'm up against, but I also know, and yeah. I have seen the power of God move. And I, it, it just gives you, it emboldens you and gives you courage. So that's a good place to start. Like get involved with some, some outreach and get out and actually see what the Lord is doing and see how he shows up and meets you out in those places. I would say that is okay. a major way to help build up your courage and your faith. The other thing that I, I think is important to say in this all before we close this all out. Um, and this is going to kind of be an answer, a, a non-answer answer. But the other thing that comes up a lot in all of this is the whole issue of endorsement. If you go to such and such event or you go do this or that, um, it looks like an endorsement of those things. And I really, I have no answer for that. I have no response to that because the reality is we live in a world today that um, people will, someone could see me shaking the hand of someone that I would never give an endorsement to. Um, maybe I'm simply being introduced, snap a picture and put it out there and say, she endorses this person. Do you know what I mean? Like we just, we live in a world where we can, we can make any kind of assumption or story or accusation that we want to make and make things look any sort of way and the other thing is you know i've never i never heard a pastor get up and preach about when jesus turned the water into wine at the wedding and make a a, a story about this is an endorsement of drunkenness That's do you know i mean like we we can't say, say that you know there's so many stories in the the bible things jesus did that could look like an endorsement nowadays but it wasn't so i would just say with that kind of thing, I, I literally, th th when this came up, I just said, I have zero argument here. This is just the world that we live in, the world that we live in, where people are going to take anything and spin it into anything. And again, you just have to go back to whose voice is more important, yeah. the voice of God or the voice That's of people? That's it. And you know what? Um, they did make conclusions about Jesus because they were like, oh, look at this guy. He's hanging out with prostitutes and sinners and stuff. Yeah. Like, guys, if you're being persecuted, for bringing the gospel. And listen, we're not talking about you're going to the bar and you're hanging with your friends. We're saying if you're out ministering, evangelizing, bringing the gospel in places of sin and people are hating on you, you're in very good company because the one who died for us, remember, yep. he was killed for being perfect. So if we escape this life on the earth without being murdered for loving Jesus, then we're doing pretty good. Um, so what's a couple of hate comments, you know, so, man, so yeah. powerful. Kim, thanks so much for joining. And, um, maybe I, yeah, I know you wrote a book about courage. Where can people pick that up? I'd love to just plug that. Brave Surrender. That's the name of the book. And, um, you can get it on Amazon or, you know, wherever. I mean, that's probably the easiest place, Amazon. The audio book is actually nice. my voice reading it, which I think is kind of fun. So if you're someone cool. into yeah, audio books, that's on there. That up. So. It's wrecking my wife. Like she's crying every chapter. Um, so powerful. So that's Kim, awesome. thank you so much. And uh, guys, I hope this blessed you. I will be posting this so you can watch it back.
And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you later. All right. Thank you.